prepare for transition in three, two, one. You know who's not a Yahoo, Kirby? Who's that, Bill? Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And welcome to this week's Unscripted. I am your host, Bill Petrie. With me as always, the Brigadier General of Branded Bags. The czar of casual apparel, the head honcho of highlighters, the one and only good time player man from Coshocton, Ohio, Dr. Kirby Hossman. Kirby, how the hell are you? I'm doing well. I've, I've always wanted to be in charge of some, some sort of highlighter organization, so I'm feeling good about that. How about you? I'm feeling great. It's been a really good and productive week here at Promo Corner, and uh, looking forward to a, a great podcast with you. You know what else I look forward to, Kirby? What's that, Bill? Is being on Common Skew. You know, they've been a fine sponsor of this Platinum Level broadcast for a number of, of times. And I will tell you, uh, not only is the interface modern and beautifully designed uh, from a software perspective in terms of running your promotional products business, but to me, it's more about the people, uh, right. the people who work behind the scenes. And we all know Mark and Catherine Graham and Bobby Lahue and Samantha Cates and you know, they're, they're the faces of the organization, but it goes deeper than that. And if you've had the opportunity, and I think you have, Kirby, to work with the people inside Commons Q, whether it's Parv or uh, Kate or Aaron Couture, great people. And, yep. and, and I think that really speaks to the organization. Yeah, absolutely. It speaks to the organization, their willingness to help, their forward thinking, and then quite frankly, the community, um, which I love as well. No question. And they are single-minded focused on helping distributors grow their business through the use of specifically designed software uh, for distributors. It's for the industry and it's for distributors. So if you'd like to learn more, and gosh darn it, why wouldn't you? <laughs> you need to go to commonskew.com slash unscripted. You won't be sorry you did. Look at that free trial. Give them, a, give them a, a chance. And I think you'll see very quickly how they can transform your promotional products business from transactional to relational just about overnight. It's awesome. Kirby, do you have some topics? Um, do, you have, do, you, do you have the courage to share some topics with <laughs> yeah, the greater audience? I have a couple topics, absolutely. All right, I do too. You want, why don't you go ahead and give us started today? Okay. So I want to go into the sort of uh, marketing, advertising, branding world. Um, I don't know if you saw this, um, but... Uh, Heineken had a little bit of a snafu this week. Um, I did not see this. Yeah, so apparently they did a, a campaign um, that uh, was promoting their Heineken light. And okay. apparently the ad has a bartender, you know, they're in a bar setting, and the, mm -hmm. the um, bartender takes a Heineken light and slides it down the bar past a couple of people mm -hmm. who are of color mm -hmm. and to um, – uh, someone who grabs it and says, sometimes lighter is just better. Uh -huh. And um, so Chance the Rapper tweeted that the um, ad was racist and that he said, you know, I'm not trying to cause trouble, but that, that ad is seriously racist. And Heineken has pulled it. Mm -hmm. They've pulled the ad down saying that obviously they weren't trying to do that, but they missed the mark. Um, and I thought that was pretty interesting in a couple different ways. Um, and 
uh, I certainly have an a couple of opinions about it, but uh, didn't know what your initial thoughts were on something like that. Again, I haven't seen the ad, but right. given the way you described it, I, I a couple things. So my mind is swimming with comments. Sure, <laughs> number no, <laughs> shocking. I know. <laughs> number number one is that we are in such a sensitive place in society right now. Right. Um, you know, listening to you describe the ad. Yes, I. If you're looking for racism, you can see it in that ad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you're not looking for racism. You're not going to find it. So I would, again, I am not a person of color. I don't know what it's like to drive in a downtown area be at night worried that the police will pull me over just because I'm a certain color. I, I can't speak to that. So I don't know what that's like. I don't know what it's like to be, you know, I'm, I'm a middle-aged white guy. Right. So I don't know what it's like to be discriminated against. So on, on one level, I'm really not qualified to uh, really comment. But let's be honest, that's never stopped me before. <laughs> So um, here, here's what I think. If you're look again, if you're looking for racism, you're going to find it. Sure. You know, an, an example I I use a lot is if you go to Home Depot, and, and you, let's say there's a, a man of color working at Home Depot, and the person looking for to to rent a truck, you know, how you can rent a truck for 19 bucks a day or whatever like that at Home Depot, okay. is a is a is a white guy and he's abusive to the man of color. Some people would say that guy's a racist. Other people would say that guy's just an asshole. Right. <laughs> and a lot of times it's just the guy's an asshole. Right. And I, I think in a situation like this, and um, it's you, you have to be uber sensitive. So I get it. So on one level, I, I don't like that we were so sensitive as a society that we have to uh, think in the terms of the way this ad was treated. On the other hand, I think Heineken absolutely did the right thing by pulling the ad because if there's enough people or a person or a couple people loud enough where it's making noise, then that's the right thing to do. So um, I think their statement is probably perfect. Hey, boy, that wasn't our intention. But uh, if people are seeing it that way, then we need to rethink the ad itself. Yeah, no, and I think it, it's super interesting to me in a couple of ways. Number one, yeah, I'm with you. I think Heineken did the right thing in pulling the ad because it's one of those things where I'm sure that in a room, everybody applauded each other, patted themselves on the back because the ad, I'm sure, was you know, well done and uh, technically speaking. I think once you look at it through the prism, <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, I kind of see it, right? Like, um, So I think they did the right thing by pulling it. The, the And I think from a from a PR perspective, Heineken did well. I initially had the same reaction you did. I was like, come on guys, it's a, it's a light beer ad, right? Let's, let's right. not take it too seriously. Actually, the, the, the thought I had was, I think it's really indicative of the influencer society we're living in, that Chance mm-hmm. a Rapper can send one tweet and it suddenly causes a movement that a, a brand the size of Heineken can go, oh, Shit, we need to change that. And right. so um, I just I actually thought that part was kind of interesting in the sense that in this world, the the voice has really, you know, everybody's got a voice. And as you and I have talked about it in the past, sometimes that's good, sometimes that's bad. But I think it is interesting that uh, in those moments that uh, individuals do have a voice in that. So, and, and I would almost argue maybe too much power in that voice. Maybe. You know, maybe. No on the offense, other hand, but, on the other no hand f- you democratize the idea that, you know, if Chance the Rapper saw it that way, and as I start to see it and be described through those, that lens, because obviously it wasn't created through that lens. But once you see it through that lens, you're like, mm, I actually kind of see how they 
see that. I, I guess. But again, you know, you could look at just about anything anyone says, does, or whatever. And if you want to see it through a certain prism, you can. Yeah, for sure. And and so, you know, again, I don't know what it's like to be African-American. I don't understand what it would feel like to be discriminated against subtly or not so subtly. And so, you know, someone at Heineken probably should have said, hey, this feels wrong. <laughs> um, but they didn't. But... It's a hard thing. It's a hard thing yeah. to. Uh, it's a hard thing to figure out. To be honest with you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. That's All cool. right. So something I meant to bring up last week, but uh, we I, we didn't because you and I went kind of ramped off uh, <laughs> a little last week. But you know, uh, our president Donald Trump has signed in some tariffs, mm-hmm. uh, so levying some pretty heavy tariffs against uh, products from China, and that does directly impact the promotional products industry in terms of importing goods. And I wanted to hear from you as a distributor. You're a distributor of promotional products, and you are definitely in um, the heartland in in, in, in Ohio. How do you feel – are you – first of all, are you concerned that the tariffs are going to impact the way you're going to have to price things? Do you think that suppliers are going to raise their prices and – you know, and you're going to have to do the same to maintain your margin. And two, have you heard any concerns from your clients about the tariffs? So I'll start with clients. No, I haven't heard anything about it. I don't think people, um, you know, our clients always spin it forward like that, right? Like I don't know that they automatically go, okay, uh, Trump did this and that will affect the price of fidget spinners. Um, but on the other side, to answer your question, and this is this might be one of those moments where I'm super naive and I'm comfortable with being called out on that. I'm not that concerned about it. Um, I think that I understand why, and I guess it's probably a lot of people that are smarter than me are concerned about it, and I'm letting them be concerned about it. A, I can't control it, and I try not to worry too much about stuff I can't control. But B, right. if those are those changes are blanket and across the board, we both know that we are purchasing products from similar suppliers who have similar products at similar prices. Well, if the price goes up for me, it's probably going to go up for my competitors too. Right. Um, and so in that way, I think that, you know, that's with it being outside of my control and B, the fact that it's not like the guy down the street is going to be able to sell it for four bucks less. It's right. just, it's going to go up across the board. Then I feel like it's one of those things that I'm not going to spend a ton of time losing sleep over. No, I, I get it. I guess I was thinking, you know, I was trying to put my distributor hat back on mm-hmm. back when I was a distributor, and I would think it's a good opportunity to really uh, create a, a relationship with your clients or, or build build mm-hmm. on your relationship and say, hey, look, this is something we're a little concerned about. So if you're looking to make a larger purchase, you may want to do it now. That's before, a great point. I like that. Because it's a, to me, it's a sales tool. Um, I can't control what Trump does or doesn't do. Um, <laughs> and I think that's the understatement of the podcast. <laughs> but what I can control is how that information is disseminated. And so something like that, especially with the way media is, and you know, if it bleeds, it leads. So there's going to be scare tactics and, oh, my gosh, everything's going to go up. I want to control how that information is absorbed by my client right. through the, the products and services that I provide. So to me, I would think it's an opportunity to go to your best clients, the top clients who do buy a lot, and, and there may be some pricing concerns. You're right. You're not going to have to compete against your competitor, but you might have to compete against, hell, this is a lot higher than it was last time. I'm yes. not going to buy it at all. Right. Um, and so I think it, it you can use that to build a relationship or, or, or continue to deepen a relationship with a prospect or client. 
uh, really a client, not a prospect, but deepen that relationship by saying, hey, this is something I'm concerned about. I, I can't project pricing, but I'm not going to be shocked if this goes up 10 to 15% in the next three or four months as imports come in. Yeah, that's actually, I, I, I'll be honest with you, Bill, I had not considered that. I think that's a super good point. I actually am making notes. <laughs> Wow. Well, and well, here's the thing. As we look to really, like I said, we move from a transactional business to a relational business. I would want my business partner yeah, to, to share that. that information with me. I, I pay you, Mr. Distributor, to think on my behalf about how the world and, and impacts my pricing on promotional products or the availability of promotional products or the trends on promotional products. And to me, this is an opportunity to almost kind of position yourself as a subject matter expert even if it doesn't do really anything, I think you walk out of those conversations, they're thinking, wow, this guy's on it. Yeah, no, this I think that's a it. super good point. Actually, it, it actually, I think, goes uh, parallel to our conversation about product safety, right? Mm-hmm. Is that it is an opportunity for you to provide value in a different yeah. way to say, look, this is something that, you know, as a customer, you should be aware of. And we're trying to be aware of it uh, on your behalf. Right. But, uh, no, I think that's actually really good advice. Well, we get we get so stuck into I want to show them the newest, coolest thing, and sometimes the non-sexy conversations of product safety and tariffs, those are the things that really endear you to your client because you're thinking about the entire 360 of the business, not just one slice of that pie. Yeah, it's, that's really good. I like that. All right, Kirby, got another topic for us? Yeah. So it was funny. Um, you, I think, will appreciate this because you know the the dynamic that we have in our office. I do. So, when whenever I'm brainstorming ideas, um, I often you know I talk to everybody at the office. You know, I get credit for the idea anyway, so <laughs> I get down. <laughs> and, and your name, your name is on the wall. Yeah. Um, but I'll talk to everybody in the office, and one like I'll go down to the media room where Dustin and Josh are. And we'll kick around ideas, throw, you know, naming different, uh, like, brand anecdotes, which, of course, mm-hmm. you were featured on uh, this week on the podcast. I was. Or on the blog, I should say. That It was funny because we were discussing how that works. And we'll throw around stuff. And actually, Josh is really good at kind of coming up with creative names. Mm-hmm. And I think he's gotten a little bit uncomfortable with that because once I hear it, then I'm like, I love it. I'm out. And so I literally, right. so Brandicdotes was a good example. So we're talking about what it might look like, da, 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 da. And he said, Brandicdotes. And I was like, and, and I told you that Dustin obviously thought he said branded goats. Right. Um, but as soon as I heard Brandicdotes, I'm like, ooh, I like it. And I literally turned turned and walked out of, the, out of the office. And I think Josh has become a little bit uncomfortable with that power. And so he brought it up. We were brainstorming another idea. He said, I don't want to tell you this idea. Because you're just going to walk out and it's going to become that thing. And I kind of said, well, what I've found is that's a positive. Because so many people spend so much time wringing their hands about getting the perfect name for a podcast or getting the perfect this or perfect that. And I'm like, dude, I've already written the blog. I've already executed. Because I think the lesson there is that that's where the value is. Don't spend so much damn time on trying to name it. So I wanted right. your kind of your take on that overall. It, it's interesting because I, I I know Josh very little bit. Um, you know, spent time with him certainly in Las Vegas when he was at uh, the Promo Corner booth helping us do our distributor videos, and uh, met him a couple times when I've been up in uh, the birthplace of promotional <laughs> products, right. Kashocton, Ohio. 
It's very interesting because I also know he's a musician. He's a creative guy. And for him to kind of, for lack of a better term, turtle up when somebody takes his idea and says, that's the winner, um, is is a very interesting concept for me. And my sense is he wants it to be perfect. Yep. And I'm a big big believer, and I've written a blog about this maybe a time or two, there is no such thing as perfect. And I think perfect is one of those things that tends to stagnate your growth because you're trying for... This perfect thing, and, I, and and what I always tell my team, and in fact, I had this conversation with someone on my team yesterday. Good enough is mediocre. Perfection doesn't exist. We need to live between those two. Right. That's where stuff happens. Right. You strive for perfection. You're way past mediocre. You're way past good enough. That's where things happen because. It, you, perfection can paralyze you and it's funny that josh is kind of saying no no i think we can come up with a better one and you're like no this is it this is good this is this is the, what we need to do this is perfect yeah or close and, enough to perfect as, as things can be yeah well and again i think that so many times it's stuff that it matters right mm-hmm. right it matters but naming something I, I i've talked to entrepreneurs where they're like i gotta get the name right on my company and i'm always like yeah okay that's fine. But if, you know, the product or service or whatever you deliver sucks and your name's great, it really won't matter. It's so much Correct. more about execution than it is. The, to be honest with you, I think we spend a lot of time on the is sweating the small stuff when in reality it's everybody else is worrying. I'm just trying to go do. No, and that's the thing. That's why, I, like I said, I'm a big believer that perfection doesn't exist. Yeah. And you have to, at some point, you got to just launch and it can evolve in time. Yeah, dig it. All right, quick one. So about six weeks from now, a group of about 80 promotional products uh, professionals, I will be one of them, will be heading to our nation's capital in Washington, D.C. to lobby on behalf of the promotional products industry. It's called LEAD, Legislative Education Action Day. And it's kind of been something that's gotten more and more importance in my life as I've gone and met with senators and uh, congressmen and women and it's been a fantastic experience to advocate on behalf of an industry that I happen to really, really love. Mm-hmm. Kirby, I know you haven't had an opportunity to participate in LEAD, right. but I would like. I know you, I know you're aware of it, though. Sure. What is your take on it from someone who's who's not participated in actually going to Capitol Hill? What is your take on it from a uh, an observer perspective? You know, I, I think. And this is a perfect example of the whole unscripted thing, because I've not given thought to this at all. But when when you ask the question, the first thing that pops into my mind is that I just am very excited that people who I respect within the industry are taking time out of their um, busy lives to go mm-hmm. and advocate for me. Um, so, and I'm not trying to blow sunshine up anybody's rear end at the end of the day, that's, those are real hours that are being spent. And quite frankly, I think that PPAI does a really good job in selecting people who will represent our industry. Well, the fact is the, you know, the most powerful organizations in Washington, you know, lobby, right. Mm -hmm. And so the idea that we have made a concerted effort as an industry to lobby, I think is unfortunately necessary. Mm-hmm. And it's important. And so the fact that you're willing to go, that, you know, the folks, um, you know, who, again, spend time and kind of lobby, because there's so many, you and I have had separate discussions about the idea that government um, officials sometimes get super lazy intellectually right. about this. Right. Uh, so having a concerted effort to go up there and remind them, hey, this is, this is a powerful tool. 
used for organizations to promote, to affect behavioral change within humans. And for you, it makes it harder for them to just go, all right, we're not allowing promotional products to be sold in Oklahoma. Right. And so I think that, A, I'm um, flattered that you guys are willing to spend the time doing it, and B, I think it's super important. So that's just right off the top. Well, and, and a quick shout out to PPAI who yeah. organizes that and uh, Dale Denham, who is, for my money, the face of that. He's been, I think he's gone to just about every lead event in uh, Washington, D.C. And, and PPAI does a great job of coordinating the talking points, making sure everybody knows exactly what the message needs to be at that particular year, because it does change every year. Um, we might be talking about the tariffs. We talked about that earlier right. this year and how that's going to impact our industry. Um, you know, Sometimes it's just advocating essentially on behalf of small businesses, because right. that's really what the promotional products industry is, is, is a bunch of small businesses. So yeah. I, I do feel it's important, but I always like to hear you know, it's, it's different because I go up there. Right. Um, and it's it's good to hear that you feel there's value in uh, not only the time investment, but uh, the, the financial investment that PPAI makes in, in the effort. Yeah. No, I think it's super important. And, you know, I think it's one of those things where if I thought we were sending a bunch of yahoos, then I'd be concerned. But every time I see the group that goes, I'm always like, oh, those are super smart people. I like that. <laughs> well, you know who's – I don't even know how to make this transition. <laughs> But I'm going to try. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Prepare for transition in three, two, one. You know who's not a Yahoo, Kirby? Who's that, Bill? That'd be the good people at Gold Star. That's right. They are our fine sponsor for fill in the blank. And, you know, we talked about the Eversmooth Ink, and damn it, I love that Eversmooth Ink. I really do. But one of the things that I don't think people realize about Gold Star is they are on trend in both decoration and style. They are the leaders in those trending styles, the colors, the rubberized textures, the frosted translucent materials, the mirrored laser engraving. And they also have the largest selection of full-color writing instruments, including a 360-degree wrap in full-color metal. But again... My favorite thing, Kirby, and we've talked about this week after week, is that it's all-inclusive pricing, yeah. right? It's like buying writing instruments from Gold Star is like going to an all-inclusive resort in Aruba mm. because there's it's free of extra charges. There's no setup fees. There's no decoration costs, and it's really in line with today's trends and consumer expectations for pricing. It's all in. Yeah, it, it is. And and the other thing that makes it similar to going to an all-inclusive in Aruba is you might see Kenny Ved in a banana hammock. So all of those things are a part of the experience. Well, I'd like to thank Gold Star <laughs> because I have a feeling uh, this will probably be the last time they sponsor this fine broadcast. So if you'd like to learn more about Gold Star and get a free Simplicity Starter Kit and possibly a picture of Kenny Ved in a banana hammock, <laughs> Go to goldstarpens.com slash unscripted. You might be sorry you did if you get the Kenny Venn picture. Um, but no, in all seriousness, go to uh, goldstarpens.com slash unscripted. Get that free Simplicity Starter Kit. It's a really, really great product. It Kirby, is. do you have some fill in the blanks for us? Yeah, I'm sorry, Kenny. Um, okay, so this is the time of year for March Madness, right? It's a great sports time of the year. But. Your favorite sports time of the year is? The beginning of college football season. I had a feeling. Hope springs eternal. <laughs> springs eternal in the fall. Um, you know, I, I do love college football. I love football. Football is my favorite spectator sport. I do enjoy the uh, 
the lead up to college football, the spring game, the summer practices, and you hear who might be starting a quarterback and who's the best running back and who's the outside linebacker nobody thought was make anything and he's awesome. I love college football. And mm-hmm. so to me, that that precipice I think is usually Labor Day weekend. And it's just it's just a football orgy in my house. <laughs> and I love that. And then the following week is NFL. I've kind of not soured on the NFL. I just don't enjoy it nearly as much as I do college football. And I'll always watch my Cowboys. But college, beginning college football season, that that is it for me. I love it. I love it. Well, you brought up a sports topic. Okay. So I'm going to bring up a sports topic. Cool. Your NCAA bracket looks like? (laughs) My NCAA bracket looks like a blank sheet of paper. I did not fill one out this year um, because I'm lame. Um, But on the other side, I would say that it would have been a disaster Um, because I, A, I don't follow college basketball at all. And I think even those who followed all the time (laughs) did not have Loyola (laughs) in the final four or whatever. No. Um, So most people's brackets are completely busted. Uh, Actually, a buddy of mine said that he had, um, I was just talking to him just the other day and he's like, just so you know, I had Cincinnati winning it all and I'm winning. (laughs) I'm winning the poll. So I think almost everybody's bracket has been busted. Um, So I, I don't feel too bad. But this year, I was like, I don't have a clue. I just haven't followed it all year long. And I know that doesn't stop a lot of people from doing it. But um, yeah, my, my, my bracket is even worse than everybody who filled it in. So not or so it's Or it's perfect. Yeah, exactly. Why, That's not, why, true. Not, look on the, why not look on the bright That's side true. of life? I didn't miss one. All right. All right. Fire away. Okay. So I know that you're going through a transition right now with your office. Yes, So sir. going from a home office to an office outside of the home is? Exhilarating. I am so fired up after working from home for four years, essentially. I am so ready to have an office, a group of people in that office. And what I'm looking forward to most, Kirby, are those accidental collisions that just happen because you're around people. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's the one thing that... Working from home can't replicate. Right. We can get on video calls. We can have conversations daily, but it's those accidental things. Hey, let me drop in. What do you think about this? Yeah. And you just kind of go off in different directions. And you you have served as that sounding board on many, many occasions. And I've thought of, my man, gosh, if Kirby and I worked in the same <laughs> office, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> we would drink a lot. <laughs> We'd drink a lot of beer. But no, there'd be a lot of really good ideas flowing in yes, yeah. it. You know, it, so I, I think that's really what I'm excited about is having those um, accidental collisions that result in creativity. Yeah. I'm so, so excited. So I'm listening to a book right now called Big Potential that sort of mm-hmm. talks about this and how the trend used to be everybody was working from home. And a mm-hmm. lot of the biggest companies who are proponents of that are pulling it away because of exactly that, that the, yeah. the potential comes when you work uh, in a team environment. And so I, I'm excited for you. I, I am too. I think it's a happy medium, yeah. to be honest with you. And we should probably package that and maybe talk about that next week yeah. is, is um, you know, Working for do you work from home? What's better, working from home or working in an office? Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe we package that. All right, Kirby. The ho- we are we are in the holiday season. Um, Passover is coming up. Yes. Easter is coming up. I, I believe you celebrate Easter. I do. The Hasman traditional Easter dinner mm. consists of blank. 
That's a great question. So if, if you're damn right, it's a great <laughs> always question. Always a great Kirby. question. So uh, if if I have any say over any holiday um, dinner, there's going to be beef or turkey. There okay. will be mashed potatoes and noodles. Uh, so like literally, if and, and by the way, a holiday could be a Tuesday night. Those like I love that sort of dinner. So if we can throw something together, generally speaking, on an Easter or Christmas or Thanksgiving, um, those are that will always, without exception, be my vote. Okay, but that that's very similar to your Christmas dinner, yeah. if memory serves. <laughs> so I'm easy to get along with. Just do that. Actually, you're incredibly frustrating <laughs> to get along with because. I like routine and I like, you know, some similarities, but don't, don't you want ham on Easter? Don't you want some sort of ham on Easter? (laughs) I got to be honest with you. Like if, if ham is involved and then there's mashed potatoes and noodles, I'm fine with that too. (laughs) That was the most worthless fill in the blank ever. (laughs) Well, I blame the person who asked the question. Yeah, I do too. (laughs) So do you have another question to see if we can get off that schneid? Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, this is a weird one, right? So if you had, I know you work out. I do. Like each morning, right? And you do a lot of weights and stuff like that. So I want to preface this with that. So if you had to bet an amount of money that mattered to you, the number of push-ups that you could do right now in a row is? I want to answer the question Factually, and we count a push-up like my chest hitting the floor, correct? Not bouncing off the floor, but touching the floor. Doing a standard push-up of whatever it looks like, sure. Three. Okay. No, I'm kidding. I think I, 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 I'd probably do about eight. Okay. I'd love to say 27, Okay. but uh, I'm old. And <laughs> um, I think it's been a long time since I could do a bunch of push-ups. I think I could struggle to make six or seven, and that's just being brutally honest that is that's Um, being brutally honest i love it yeah cool so now i would love to say man you make me want to go do push-ups and all i can think of is man i'm glad i don't do (laughs) push-ups yeah it's so funny though isn't it that uh, certain exercises are in our wheelhouse and certain are not like push-ups are totally in my wheelhouse and i think it's because i'm short and i have short arms and you know what i mean like it's my own (laughs) physical deformities that make it good but i can do a lot of push-ups no that is not my wheelhouse legs leg stuff's in my wheelhouse like i can do calf raises like nobody's business or leg press sure the squats that stuff's in my wheelhouse push-ups not so much fair enough all right kirby the place where you get your industry news is blank promo corner.com of course no 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 that's not true (laughs) come on uh you know what actually industry news i'm not talking about content industry news yeah i think i mean i have several um industry newsletters that come to my uh, email inbox, to be honest Mm -hmm. with you. So email, when there's breaking news, it feels like that's where I get it and it's the most legitimate. On the other side though, I'd say Facebook uh, between uh, people announcing just stuff on their Facebook pages and then the the promotional products professional page. Between those two, that's probably where I get, I would say 85%. Okay, cool. Fair? Got one more? Uh, Sure. Today, as we're recording this, is the yes, opening sir. day of baseball season. Yep. So opening day for the baseball season, what it means to you is? Nothing. Okay. Um, I'm a huge Texas Rangers fan. I love my Texas Rangers. Um, I was a Dr. Pepper Jr. Ranger as a child, and, <laughs> and I will always be a Texas Rangers fan. The one thing I hate about baseball, and they just haven't really gotten this right like the NFL did, and the reason the NFL is so much more popular than Major League Baseball is because of parity. 
every fall, there's just every every team in football has a chance to win, or at least it feels like it. I know that the Rangers are already re- they're rebuilding. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the when you have Doug Fister as one of your starting pitchers, okay. Um, and and it's only great because you can say Fister. I barely knew her. Um, <laughs> um, but when you have a, a rotation of uh, Doug Fister and Bartolo Colon, who weighs six hundred eighty-five pounds and is ninety-five years old, in ninety-five years old, you know you're going to stink. And 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 because they're building a new ballpark in Arlington, that they want to have a good. They're building for a decent team in that first year. And so it's hard to get excited when you know there's no chance that they're going to do anything at all in terms of the playoffs. So, I mean, it's great. I love going to baseball games and stuff, but honestly, I don't care. Fair. Fair. Okay, last one. Okay. The best thing to do on a Saturday afternoon when it's cool and raining is? When it's cool and raining is? Yep. Take a nap. Um, yeah, I like, you know how I am about weather. And so I thought you were going to go, Hey, it's going to be a nice day. And I was going to say mow the lawn and have a beer. But honestly, I don't get, I don't take a lot of time for, uh, you know, leisure. Uh, so if I could sit on my back deck under, um, under cover and uh-huh. uh, just kind of enjoy the rain and listen to it and take a nap or meditate, read a book, something, you know, something relaxation wise, that would be right. super powerful. To me. Well, I, I love that. And you know what else is super powerful? What's that? It, it is that wonderful, wonderful, beautifully designed software from the good people at CommonSkew. We talked about it earlier in the program, and we can implore you. We are begging you. In fact, we are double begging you. Absolutely. Go to slash unscripted. Get a little bit of information about how that software tool can help you grow your promotional products business in an elegant and elevated way. Kirby, as always, thank you so much for having the courage to do this podcast. I love that you are the Brigadier General of Branded Bags, (laughs) the head honcho of highlighters, and the czar of casual apparel. I wish you a good day, sir. You as well, my friend. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at PromoCorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.